Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 202 of the podcast. Make sure you're wherever you're listening, you do a few things for me. Subscribe, five-star rate, and review the podcast um, as we get into it. So make sure you do that. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the notification bell, as well as subscribe and leave comments as well. We have a bunch to get into this week, as it was a rather news-filled week. It was a news-filled week and exciting with what is going on in the market. So let's get into it, at least first and foremost, get into the stock market and what moves were uh, over the past week. So over the past month, over the past five days, um, including yesterday's jump, um, was a pretty good week and month for the market. We'll talk about what happened yesterday that attributed to this jump that we saw in the markets yesterday. Um, the big thing we saw is the Fed and their interest rate um, projections going forward in 2024. So the Federal Reserve had their meeting on Wednesday and they decided to keep interest rates steady for now. So we know that we're still in that 5.25 to 5.5% on the overnight borrowing rates. That's the Fed, um, the Fed targeted range. Um, and so they met and they decided to keep rates the same. But what they also did in that meeting was talked about what they saw in 2024 as far as where each committee member saw rates going over the course of that year. And so they penciled in, on an average basis, they penciled in three rate cuts in 2024. So cutting rates, we talked about that coming. Um, so they penciled in three rate cuts in 2024. Um, so the reason why you see the market jump there is because, you know, again, penciling in those rate cuts um, penciling in an easing of the restriction of the economy um, before the rates cuts happen, then we know it's it's decent. It's decent, pretty decent time for the market so far, right? So they're they're just in indicating what they're going to do in the future. So that's one of the big things, um, and we saw that you know the market had been pricing in something else, and so that's why we saw a move upwards um, from the market. So the market was pricing in potentially another rate hike um, and different things of that nature. We said the rates will be steady. Um, and now we're seeing that kind of that jump so far. So people are now starting to talk about, people are now your friend, people, different people around your circle are now going to talk about the market again. Telling everyone, tell them now, tell them this, don't quit your day job. For all these people, they're going to say, all right, now I'm going to be a trader again. Do not quit your day job. Stay with what you're doing. You're not going to trade your way to wealth. Just, you know, Again, if they're smart, they're working with someone that's a long-term investor and not just trying to jump in when things are at its high. Speaking of highs, um, the Dow Jones Industrial Average jumped 400 points yesterday and surpassed 37,000 for the, the first time. So Dow Jones is one of the big three market barometers um, and averages that look at um, almost as close as you get to the totality of the domestic-based stock market. Um, and it jumped 37 for the first 30 fast 37,000 for the first time. Um, and so again, we, we talked about the four rate cuts, the three rate cuts next year and potentially four rate cuts in 2025 or a full percentage point. That means with two, three more reductions in 2026, the fed rate funds rate, the fed funds rate would be between two and 2.25%, um, in about 2026 based on their current Fed's meeting minutes. Um, there was also a press conference yesterday where Powell talked about um, slowing the, you know, slowing inflation and getting things to where they need to be. But the big thing is, folks, that if they slow inflation, 
we know that we have to do a couple of things. We have to either see unemployment go up or we have to see an, an inflation go significantly down. If they keep rates the way they are, inflation may or may not go down just based on the fact that jobs are still flowing, people are still buying, the consumer is still doing well. So that means unemployment has to go up at some point. Um, and even the Fed had benchmarked roughly, I think in 2024, they benchmarked that in, um, unemployment would start to get to 4.1%. Right now we're in the mid threes. They're saying it's going to get to over 4%. So until that happens, until we get to over 4%, we're not going to see um, potentially a rate cut. And we're not going to see, you know, we're probably not going to see a rate cut until we get to those points. Um, and so with that said, with us not seeing the rate cut yet, the equities and the stock market are going to be fine for the foreseeable future. Uh, when the rate cut does happen, though, that means something has broken in the economy. Um, and then you'll see most assets go down when the market realizes that a rate cut is coming. It means something's broken in the economy and most assets go down. But for the now, things are steady. Um, things are steady state. Um, and so that's the good news, right? But again, again, all these people, keep your day jobs. You're going to hear all these people talking about crypto and things that they didn't talk about for the last 30, for the last 18 months, right? Um, tell them to keep their day job. And all these other people that lost confidence in the market and said, oh, I want to get out of the market and do all this other stuff. Again, that's your prerogative. But if you don't have a long-term outlook in the market, if you're just investing to try to get rich over two, three, four, five-month period, that ain't what the market's for, and that's not what we do. Um, so you really, really need to reassess what you're doing. You probably want to raise your cash flow um, before you really, you know, that's probably the answer. The answer is always raising your cash flow. People that are super fixated on one thing, whether it's the market or trading or doing, it's just telling me that they just don't have the cash flow. And so that's the main thing you want to focus on first and foremost investing in your career, investing in your job, investing in making yourself more marketable to increase your income so that you would actually have more to invest and wouldn't be worrying or trying to trade your way to wealth. Um, that's just that's just the way to look at it. So that's the kind of the market update. Again, we talked about where things are so far this year. Um, and again, year to date, it's been a strong in the S&P 500. The NASDAQ um, has done even more of a return. Um, and as well as the Dow's having a strong, decent year so far as well. So that's the update. That's where we see things. Um, let's move on because there was a lot in current updates. Apple is almost big as France. And I know this is going to, I read, saw the headline and I knew we wanted to talk about it because it was going to refer to the market value. So Apple's market value is nearing a wild milestone. It's about to overtake the whole entire French stock market. So as you know, domestically, we have a stock market and other countries have their own stock market as well. Um, Europe's, um, Europe's largest, uh, the French stock market, which is Europe's largest. So the tech behemoth, which is obviously Apple, their shares closed yesterday. If you're listening to this on Thursday, their shares closed yesterday, bringing their total market value, which is the outstanding shares down the shares price to a value of 3.1 trillion. That's the combined market value. The companies on Francis exchange, which is 3.2 trillion. So they're pretty much saying Apple, one company that's domestically in the U S is has a worth that's bigger than all the French co the companies on the French stock market exchange, right? And so that's just telling you um, why Apple's like called a blue chip stock or a bellwether for the economy because it's one of those bigger stocks that have shown growth over time and time. And pretty much one way or the other, if you have a share of any sort of ETF or market ETF, you have pretty much a share of Apple without having a, even if you don't have a direct peer play share of Apple, um, 
Apple's market value would make it the seventh, uh, the world's seventh largest stock market. So if they were just Apple's market value, it's, it would be the seventh world largest, seventh uh, largest stock market in the world. Um, and so it's it's a bellwether stock. It's one of those bellwether stocks that is a good gauge on what what things are happening. So it's a kind of interesting, really, really interesting tidbit, really, really interesting to look at, you know, how people invest, right? And how Apple's done so well. Another barometer that was good to to couple with what we saw with the Fed meeting was retail sales. Retail sales unexpectedly rose in November. So it's looking back at November. Uh, kicking off the holiday season. So the retail sales unadjusted unadjusted for inflation increased 0.3% last month after slipping 0.2% in October. Consumers have been aided by falling inflation, meaning inflation's really been falling just because of gas prices. So um and you know, and consumers have seen ease at the pump and they're putting that money elsewhere to buy consumer goods, especially with holidays coming. Eight out of 13 real, retail categories posted increased sales and restaurants and bars. Me and my fiance would tell you that restaurants and bars, more restaurants, but not really bar people, sporting goods stores and e-commerce sites. Meanwhile, new jobless claims fell by 19,000 last week. So again, the consumer is doing really well. So it's really going to be what's cracks, housing market, unemployment and unemployment cracks. Then of course the housing market cracks because people won't be able to you know, if you lose your job, you're not going to be able to pay, make the payments needed. So those are the big, big things that uh, we're watching. One of those two things falls through um, at some point. Speaking of layoffs, Etsy laid off 11% of staff. So Etsy is the e-commerce platform, um, typically known for like self-made handmade goods. Um, it's cutting 11% of staff or roughly 225 employees as part of a broader restructuring. Um, CEO sent a letter to employees um, that their motto meaning too many people, too many ads, was not a sustainable trajectory. Silver Arms said Etsy's marketplace had doubled in size since 2019 but um, as well. So um, that's an interesting thing to look at um, if you're thinking about the future, just like which companies. We already saw tech do their last. I don't think there's that much more coming in tech. Um, we're seeing a little bit of Wall Street as well, and we'll see Main Street and other stuff. This is, you know, you could think of Etsy as a tech company, but it's an e-commerce platform, really. So it's a consumer discretionary, really, company. The more people are going to buy on Etsy, the more that they have um, discretionary income to do so. So um, that's another thing to watch out. And along those same lines, you're seeing companies downsize holiday parties. Often you're seeing cuts, budget cuts for the end of the year. So the budgets for 2024 have been finalized or being finalized. And, you know, after all the, the work done for 2023, companies are taking that into effect. And they're seeing that you're seeing office holiday parties. They're often a big budget affair, lavish spreads, entertainment. They're being scaled back this year. Inflation, interest rate hikes, and layoffs earlier in 2023 have all contributed to the toned down festivities, which some employees appear less than enthused to attend. Um, so of course you're not going to, and no one wants to go to a holiday party during an annoying time, right? Like you're already being around your annoying coworkers, right? So now you got to be around your annoying coworkers in an annoying, apprehensive, anxious time. That just doesn't sound like a good vibe. And I like good vibes. It doesn't sound like a good vibe at all. Um, so keep our eye on that. Let's look out to more news. I thought this was interesting. Netflix is now going to share full viewership data for the first time because the unions demanded transparency. So Netflix is one of the biggest platforms for content, movies, licensing, originals. And they never really released what's being watched and why, how, how much. They give little tidbits there and there in their earnings call. 
But now they're opening up the mother gates with streaming data. They're sharing the number of hours viewed for 18,000 or 99% of its shows, movies in the first half of the year. Um, the top of the list um, was The Night Agent, which is surprising to me. I, I watched it. We watched it. It was good. But um, the number one, man, I forgot about that show after right after I watched it. Ginny and Georgia is also up there for shows. And more than half of all the streaming time was on Netflix originals. Um, and non-English content had his moment as well. I think the top watched movie was Mother with Jennifer Lopez as well. So they're building transparency, building trust. This is data that the market's going to eat up because it's really showing, you know, actually it's, it's saw. I think it's solid for Netflix showing that their originals are actually a big piece of their pie. Many people thought it was just the licensed data, uh, licensed content from prior um, that was driving a lot of their viewership, but it's actually looking like some of their originals are driving a lot of it as well, which is strong for them. It shows they can go to the well and go to the pipeline and make new stuff when they need to versus licensing old stuff. Um, another big, big story, Fortnite maker Epic Games wins against Google. So they sued Google, I think it was two or three years ago. Uh, it was a three-year courtroom battle against um, Fortnite maker Epic Games and Google. A jury ruled that the search giant Google violated antitrust laws and used anti-competitive moves to keep monopoly power for its Play App Store. Google says it plans to appeal. Um, so in 2020, Fortnite got booted off of Google's uh, Google and Apple stores after it directed players to its own discounted payment system. So again, if you are buying um, through the app or if you're playing on a game on your phone or through the app, Google or Apple App Store, and you're buying something or you're doing something, interaction or transaction, 15 to 30% of that fee goes to Apple and Google off the top. And Epic was like, all right, that's just a huge premium. We want to direct people to buy off, off their platform. And so we can eliminate that fee and keep more of our margin. And Google and Apple, obviously, they got kicked off for doing that. And then they sued. And so big win. Um, Google would be forced to change its App Store rules in favor of thousands of developers. So the billions in fees they collect from doing so could be at risk. Um, so we'll see. I think the appeal, this is going to be a long court battle, but there's a, there's a, certainly a win in the meantime for Epic, but they're going to, they have high price lawyers that are eating up every bit of this 2K, 1500 per hour that they're getting paid on this. So it's going to be a battle going forward. Um, Soho House, I guess heard of these. There's a lot of these high class, high ticket membership clubs in, you know, bigger cities. Soho House is one of them. Launched in London in 1995. And now it's 40 clubs worldwide, about half of which are in LA, New York, and London. They're cool. Been to them. Um, they're all right. But they're now saying, the people are now saying it's overcrowded. The people are saying it's been overcrowded and their people are complaining about the customer service. They went public in 2021. Um, which is a curious time to go public. Um, they say it has 185 members and reached a record 98,000 98, people on the waits list. But yeah, this model doesn't make sense because it's supposed to be private, high ticket, 5K per year. Um, but of course, if you're a public company, you need more people. So you either have to raise the price to get in or you have to lower it and let more non-high ticket payers get in. Um, and that's going to lead to the overcrowding that we're seeing now. Um which is going to take away the exclusivity of the Soho House in the first place, right? So I would say you want to raise it and make it a lot more bougie um, so you can really attract the people you want, make it way more high ticket, really go after that high high net worth clientele. 
versus um, lowering it, letting everybody in, because then you just take away the exclusivity. And you may or may not have a private club membership much more going forward, unless you can expand to different markets um, as well. So um, there's that on our news. So a lot, a lot, a lot in the news. We do want to get to personal finance questions of the week, rapid fire, going through them. Um, the first one is, where do most, what channels do most Americans plan to use to do their holiday shopping? You've probably already done it by now. You should have. Hopefully you've done it. Uh, me and the fiance have a great one planned. I'm excited, excited for it. Her parents to get into town soon. So I, I would say this. It's going to be mostly in store, right? Because people still do in store. But then right behind it will be e-commerce. I would say 20, 30% e-commerce, 40% store, and the rest, what other channels are there? Ooh, I was wrong. Online is actually 60%, 58 to be exact. Department store, 50%. Discount store, 48. Grocery store, 44. Clothing store, 32. Interesting, interesting. Um, okay, that makes a little bit of sense to me. The next one, what percent of employers use LinkedIn when, evalu when evaluating a candidate for a job? I know a lot of people out there are looking for a job. So what percentage of people use LinkedIn? This is actually a decent parameter to see how LinkedIn works. The per percentage is 87%, which is actually a high percentage. So if you don't have a LinkedIn profile and you're out there looking for a job, you definitely should have one because a lot of people are going to use it to verify, check things. Um, they use it to vet job candidates and look at their skills and different networks they're connected to. So that's a good, good thing to have if not. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we got through a good, good week this week. Remember, share, like, subscribe, also pass this to family and friends. We're doing our webinar again, personal finance webinar for women at the end of this month. Um, reach out to me if you need the referral form. Guess what? We will talk next week.